You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to Legends Live. It's me, Trill Withers. That's my name there. Uh, and yeah, I want to welcome you to Legends Live. This is presented by the National Basketball Retired Players Association. This is the home of all the NBA and WNBA legends, uh, not unlike myself. I'd like to remind viewers that you can submit questions during the show. And today I'm going to be talking to future president. We'll get into that. Uh, Nancy Lieberman, 2020. So. Yeah, as soon as Nancy, we get Nancy in here, we'll be we'll be ready to go. You be my first, uh, my first man. I'm ready, and there she is, President, future President Nancy Lieberman. How are you doing? Uh, I am fantastic, and I would never let crazy people tear my life apart. I can do that on my own on social media. Exactly, that's exactly why you'd be a good president. You already understand that going in. Uh, so how are you today, Trill? I'm doing well. How are, the, how are things your way? What is, what's quarantine look like for you? Uh, quarantine uh, for the last six months has been uh, interesting. You know, really wasn't going out except uh, to the supermarket. My son mm-hmm. had come back from playing basketball over in Tel Aviv. Uh, eight weeks ago, I had COVID-19. Um, and uh, But I, I didn't have it bad. And I think I gave it to my son. And he got it but he was asymptomatic the whole time. And um, I just had knee surgery uh, last week. Good. And uh, so I'm, uh, I'm limping pretty nicely right now, but I'll be, I'll be fine. You'll be ready for the season. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Okay. okay. Now speaking with the season, have you been keeping up with the, the sports that have come back in baseball, in bubble, in bubble? What have you been watching? Well, I think I've watched every show on on Netflix. I got hooked Same on Queen, Queen of the South. I got hooked on that Jeffrey Epstein um, kind of little docu series that they have. Yeah, I started that one. It got wild. I finished, I finished every like the first month. I think I finished every episode of Law and Order, and then kept moving on. But um, yeah, it's been exciting to see. I, look, I'm a Yankee fan, so. Um, I follow my team religiously sure. and um, I want to say uh, publicly, as I've said to so many other people, Adam Silver is the greatest commissioner in sports and what he's done with his bubble and what he's done with the players and really being a champion of free speech and how you feel. And he's never tried to muzzle anybody. Right. Uh, whatever side of it that you speak on, if you want to stand, stand, if you want to kneel, kneel, and everybody's going to have to continue to respect each other's beliefs um, or what they're feeling without coming at them. And I think Adam Silver and the NBA are the worldwide leader in in what they have done and zero COVID tests, right, since July 7th, I as think. As far as every time I see the report come back, 
it shows zero. And to what you said, I feel like when you see the way some of these other leagues have been handled, it really shows how well Adam Silver and the NBA, like how seriously they took it from day one, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Mark Tatum, Charlie Rosenzweig, mm -hmm. everybody at the league office. Uh, you know, when I'm sure the commissioner, and I, I could be speaking out of school, but he trusts his people. He gives you the autonomy, you know, to do what you think is the right thing in a collaborative way. And I'm just really proud of the NBA for what they've done. Mm -hmm. And the WNBA, for that matter. I was going to say, I feel like they, it, it goes hand in hand. I feel like they've always both been encouraged to do so. What do you make of the way the players, like it's on Adam Silver, they give the players the power. What do you make of what the players have done with it in the, both the NBA and WNBA? I, I think they've handled themselves the right way. They, they get to say what they want. They get to express themselves and they, they should be able to do that. And, you know, we talk about having conversations both ways. It's there's there's probably things that the black community doesn't understand about the white community. And there's a lot of things that the white community doesn't understand about the black community. Mm. And, you know, even like yesterday, you know, like Ice Cube and I were, were talking for over an hour. And I, I said to him, you know, back like in 2014, I remember calling my friend Pat Riley. And I said, Pat, I really wish I get an opportunity to coach, you know, I feel like I'm ready. I feel like I'm a lifer and I'm just not asking for a favor to coach in the NBA. And Pat just said on the phone, he goes, Nancy Lieberman, I'm not a mind reader. Okay. You have to tell people what you want. I don't know if you're happy doing TV or happy doing whatever it is that, you know, the, the G league or the WNBA. Right. You have to tell people what you want. And, and that's one of the things like even with cube yesterday, it was like, you know, Cube, I think it's really important that the black community says these are the thing, these are the 20 or 30 things that make me sad, or it's it's reparations, or it's prison reform, or it's police reform, or it's uh, red line districts, or the financial institutions are not giving us a chance to get loans to put into our community uh, to build our businesses. So what is it? it? Like, I don't want to assume it would not right. be fair of me to go, oh, yeah, I'm the black. This is what you need. Black is white girl. You know, I know exactly what they need. Good. No, you have to tell me what you need. And then, see, 13.5% of America is African-American. Hmm. And we have to work together. We don't want white supremacy and we don't want black supremacy. We want to be together. We're stronger together. Mm. And that's the beauty of sports is that I don't think I've ever come down the court with a Latino, a black guy, a Jewish person or a Muslim. And I went, Oh no, no, no. I'm throwing the ball to the Muslim. I'm going to, no, we don't think like that. Right. That's, that's, that's not how we operate. That's not an area. If only everybody did. Yes, and that's where I think we can have tremendous effect. But I will say this. This is, you know, right, we're being transparent and, and we're just being truthful. What happens is you see you see the riots and you see smashing windows and people go, see, there they go again. Right. And and it, it you know, then we, well, we want to have a conversation. Really? Now you want to have a conversation? And I think we, I think there's a way to do this. And 
if I may, and I've been on a lot of these calls, I think I've been telling you the eight last eight weeks, like these congressional type mm -hmm. uh, calls on qualified immunity, no knock warrants, um, chokeholds, uh, 1033 proposal, second level prison look-ins at a federal level, trying to write legislation and law, which if you just said that, you know, 30 years ago at Old Dominion, they'd go, <laughs> never came to class, um, which is not too far from the truth. But I, but I do think that whoever wins on, on November 3rd, and, 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 and Cuba and I were talking about this, the first thing I would do, I would say, we're marching. We're all marching together. We're going to Washington. We're arm in arm. I mean, all of us of every religion or color or creed. And we're going to say, we will not vote for you if there are no term limits. There has to be a limit, okay? Right. If I don't draw up good, enough good plays, I get my my behind fired. Yeah, you're out. If I, I draw a lot of stuff, I get my contract re renewed. You know, the other thing, why not? We have salary caps. Why don't we have a salary caps on elected officials? You're going to spend $2 billion in an election year to get paid? I mean, to, to get elected? To get elected, mm -hmm. In a pandemic election year, $2 billion of that money during during these circumstances, at that. See, this is, I didn't know this. So this is, and, and I love Barack Obama, but this is, um, I didn't know this until his first year. He had like three, and you can check my numbers, I could be wrong. But let's say he had like $300, $400 million in the coffers, you know, hmm. in overage that he had raised. He started reimbursing Hillary Clinton $5 million. Everybody who ran as a Democrat, and they do this on the Republican side, why are you reimbursing rich people? Right. You have $300 million. Sorry, that's the price you pay for trying to run for an office or trying to run for something. You might have to come out of pocket. Yeah, it'll cost. So why not take that money and let's, let's look at the black community. Let's put that into building infrastructure building homes, maybe homes like little city, cities for the homeless, mm -hmm. food for people. I mean, I mean, what, why don't politicians think like this? This is why we need you as president, Nancy. You're the one that thinks like this. This is why we need you in there. But there has to be a, a salary cap on election, you know, on candidates. And if you go over the cap and you have to pay a luxury tax and that money goes to charity. It goes to the people. It's so, you know, so I'm on these calls and, you know, we're talking about qualified immunity and maybe the mm. language. And obviously uh, that eight minutes and 46 seconds were one of the most devastating things people, myself included, have ever seen. Yeah. That's murder. That's not a bad decision. That's flat out murder. Simple and plain. So, Yes. So, you know, we're dealing now with qualified immunity because if if there's no qualified immunity and people just bear with me and hear me out. OK. And if I'm wrong, we can talk. OK. Mm -hmm. Let's not get mad at each other. Let's hear each other. So qualified immunity is if you're a police officer and you do something like that, you should not have qualified immunity. Nothing should protect you from your ass you know, going to prison or getting the death penalty. From I'm justice sorry. being served, yeah. Yes. But when I was on these calls with all these elected officials mm. like six weeks ago, and, you know, maybe I was being a little bit of a, you know, whatever. 
And I said, just by a show of hands, you know, how many, how many people on this call have qualified immunity? There's only 21 of us. Okay, well, good. I have a question. You know, I, I only went to Old Dominion. I didn't go to Stanford. Um, my question is this. You touch me. You fondle me. You abuse me. You take advantage of me. And I come after you. But that's so weird. You have qualified immunity. I bet you a lot of people in the streets don't know that you're protected from your mistakes. Right. And then if if you if you lose and you have to settle with me, which a lot of these guys and women have to, mm -hmm. you settle with me, and then I, the taxpayer, have the privilege of paying for your settlement with my tax dollars because you have qualified immunity. Are you kidding me? I mean, that's the game. Yeah, that that's how rigged the game is, and on so many levels. We are being gamed, and that's my point. Black community, we could change this if we change it. And, you know, when Stephen Jackson, you know, kind of went and, 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 you know, talked about the Jewish community, my family's Jewish, okay? Mm. I think Blacks and, and, and Jews should be in lockstep because of the atrocities. Uh, I don't want to see 6,700 African Americans hung on a noose. It's, it's fundamentally just, it's disgusting. I, uh, Six million Jews were, were killed. My great grandparents died alive in an oven and in a gas chamber because Hitler was trying to eradicate the the, the Jewish race. I know there's people out there that want to eradicate the, the, the black race. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. We're too strong. And we should be in lockstep. And, and really, a, a, after slavery, it was the Jewish community that rallied behind the black community and helped them with business. And people do your homework. Please, we shouldn't be fighting. So when Stephen came out in, in, in defense of Deshaun Jackson, mm -hmm. you know, I said, Stephen, man, we need to talk. We, you know, Muhammad Ali told me a long time ago, if you're racist, you're racist. If you're racist about black people, you're racist about Jews. If you're racist about Jews and black people, right, you're like racist. It doesn't just stop it. So we, we have to really think about what we're saying and what we're doing. So I, have we talked basketball yet? No, listen, it ain't going nowhere. We can talk basketball. It's just, you know, I feel so strongly about, you know, education and, you know, being able to, to help the black community. I mean, my charity sent 70 African-American kids to college since 2013. You know, the, the dream course we build in inner cities, build those, we have over 4 million kids because it's a melting pot of competition, love, respect, relationships. Like you said, when you step on the court, you're, you're not looking at those so much. You're looking at who's open, who can shoot, who can play deep. Like those are the things that you're looking for. Well, you know, growing up at Rucker Park, I learned this really quick. It, you know, you shot foul shots mm -hmm. in the first game. So even though these guys were bigger, stronger, faster, Duncan, I would go home to Far Rockaway every day and I'd work on my foul shot because if you get in the first game, mm -hmm. It's, you know, 35, 40 minutes. And if you win the first game, you stay on the court for the second game. And then you play two and then you sit and then you can come back. Mm. See, I was a strategist at, at 11, 12, 13 years old. <laughs> and the strategy was hit your foul shot so you, you can play in the first game. Right. And I love it. Work like a charm. Help me.
Okay, so speaking of have you been watching the, like, I can't say playoff basketball yet, but the leading up to playoff, the restart basketball? I have. I have because I, I, I do the TV for the Pelicans. Mm -hmm. um, I do their studio show. Um, you know, obviously, I could not go down to New Orleans because of the quarantine. And so, uh, you got one leg. And one leg and COVID. So, um, I've enjoyed the game. Uh, like, Lillard, are you kidding me? I mean, uh, Devin Booker, Luca. I mean, are these guys now playing at an amazing level? And and let me throw Asia Asia Wilson in the mix. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at Asia, she's crushing it. You know, even the WNBA in scoring uh, for for Lambier. You're seeing stars be stars. It's it's really exceptional. You know, level of play. It feels like not only exceptional level of play. It feels like it picked up that way very quickly. Does it feel like that way to you? Like more or less, they hit the ground in the bubble and the wall. More or less, right? Uh, I I agree. Uh, look, um, I know we. It was different in different parts of the country, but here in Dallas, mm. like that first uh, six weeks or so, TJ and I rode bikes every single day. We played tennis every single day. Mm. We could. You know, we built a little workout area in the backyard. I had a peloton, so. If I'm staying in shape, you know these guys and gals are staying in shape. Right. They look phenomenal. Basketball players are the greatest athletes in the world. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of them were spoofing uh, everybody like uh, Giannis. Oh, no, I can't get shots up. Right. Yeah. Okay. And the Mavs. Yeah, I, I, I never bought that. Hey, I mean, is it not fun to watch the Mavs? I mean, they have the yeah. best offense in the world. They have yeah, like ever. 117 points a game is beautiful. Space the floor, great shooters, great passers. Rick Carlisle is uh, something else. So what do you see? Give me a series, a potential playoff series since we're coming up on those. Give me a, a series in each conference that you're looking forward to watching. Like I think right now the Mavericks, they're right now they would have the Clippers. Yeah, I don't think they wanted uh, – that's why they were fighting so hard not to have that. that I would not want to play the Clippers either. Well, it just depends, you know, um, you know, uh, Montrez is back, you know, mm -hmm. he's tough, tough as nails, you know, Patrick Beverly, um, I'm trying to pull up here the, uh, you have the, uh, why don't you tell me the matchups and I'll tell you I what think, I think. Okay. For the yeah. Eastern, as of right, first round, we've got Milwaukee versus Orlando. Milwaukee. Too deep, too big. Yeah. I mean, what do they have? You know, three, uh, seven footers, you yeah. know? Lopez brothers and Giannis and yeah, I don't I don't see that going too far. Yeah, I think that's a short win. We got Raptors and Nets. Well, Raptors. Uh, you know, I coached uh, against Nick Nurse um, in 2011. We were in the G League together. Mm. There's so many guys in the league. You know, uh, Chris Finch, Darvin Ham, Nate Tibbetts, Dale Osborne with Portland, uh, Nick Nurse, and uh, it, it was. A family. I mean, we wanted to kick each other's behind, but these right. guys championed me, and I would not. I don't think I would have ever made it to the NBA if it wasn't for for Nick and Finch and all those uh, Darvin, all those guys who really helped me. To be mm. quite honest, and and you know, Nick is showing everybody. And Nick, okay, I remember talking to Nick one time. 
and he was he was in Dallas to see his son, and he's like, man, I'm gonna never get to the league. He goes, uh, all all the guys, you know, uh, Brian Yates, uh, Brian Gates is in the league, and, and Chris got to the league, and Darvin got to the league, and he, and he's like, I'm gonna, you know, what what is it? I'm like, you just just be patient. You you're you're going to get to the league, and not only are you going to get to the league, you're going to crush it when you do. You know, because he, he won those championships. He's won championships in every league he's ever played. It feels like everywhere he goes, right? That's just kind of his thing. Europe, uh, CBAs, uh, you know, he's he, he was, um, matter of fact, it's really kind of cool, but he was uh, Chris Fitch's assistant coach, I think, on the uh, uh, the Olympic team for England oh, as wow. well. Yeah. And they were, so they're, you're, they're running brothers right there. So, there's some really good coaches. So, uh, you know, I got a little sidetracked on Nick, but, and what he did for Adrian Griffin yesterday was pretty powerful, right? Yeah. Letting him coach the game. Yeah. He, he seems like he, he likes to like empower like from his players to other guys empower like put them in good position to succeed. It's who he is. It's just who he is. He's that type of person. You, you want to be around him forever. Mm-hmm. What's our other games? Next series, we got the 36. We've got Celtics 76ers. So you got there. Well, I'm taking the Celtics right now because the 76ers, besides my knee and Ben Simmons' knee and and B, we're all injured. Yeah, they're they're down bad, right? Which I hate because I think that's a a tough matchup for Boston if Philadelphia is healthy. Uh, I I agree with you. But when they gave up Bellinelli and they gave up uh, Reddick, Mm-hmm. I mean, those are floor stretchers. Yeah, you know, look, well. you know, look what JJ's done in uh, in New Orleans. Had, you know, the other day he had thirty one points. It was he's just a pro's pro. Um, and you know, when you have guys like that, you know, he's taken Ingram under his wing and Zion, and they're all like super tight down there in New Orleans. It's a it's a great group, and but JJ, you know, and and Drew, it, you know, they're catalysts. Same thing with Derek Favors. You got to have yeah. those veterans. Definitely. So what do you, we'll talk about Pelicans for a second before the Western Conference? What do you think the Pelicans need to do going into next year? Like they've got a very young team, a lot of pieces. Like what do you think the the main thing they need to do to hit the ground running? Well, it would be nice to have the team come to training camp and be healthy and have Zion. You know, they're I mean, I think the worst thing for them right now and for him as far as trying to get rookie of the year was the fact that, you know, he had to go back because he had a family emergency. Mm. So he, he missed, you know, uh, that time. And and the Pels really struggled in the bubble and his numbers were down slightly. Mm. Uh, so I think, you know, that kind of is a wrap on what happens unless his first 20 something games, were, which were historic. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it was 94, 95 when Jason Kidd and uh, Grand Hill were co- mm-hmm. last time co-rookies of the year. So that wouldn't be a bad thing. But John Morant. Yeah, he, he's, he's special. I think they're both going to be special. But John really had a special year. New Orleans, you know, they got some they've got some uh, talent that they could move. Mm-hmm. You know, they have some chips they can move on the table. Young people who uh, they can get some. You know, they don't have to mortgage the franchise, but uh, Alvin and those guys did a great job. I mean, they had the toughest schedule up until January. Mm-hmm. And 
Favors was out, you know, his mom passed and uh, Lonzo Ball was injured. He's a heck of a player, by the way. He's really good and got better and will continue to. Zion was gone. So Drew, Drew Holiday was hurt as well. He had to hurt his arm. But, you know, Ingram becomes an all-star. Uh, Jackson Hayes, nobody even knew who Jackson Hayes was. And, and you know, he comes in and just can turn. Well, again. He's dunking everything, blocking shots. <laughs> Energy off the bench. He's really good, and they're really tight. So I think they're going to be a good team with another year behind them. And, you know, for Zion to have a full training camp, yeah. uh, I think that would be really very important for them. So who do you have oh, sliding into the play-in game, now, like for that 8-9 seed? I think, I think we've still got technically four teams available. I think it's Portland, Memphis, Phoenix. And I think Portland San Antonio is still alive, technically. Portland has the eight, the eight spot, as I looked yesterday. Did something change? Uh, yeah, as far as I know, they, they've got the, so that would be, the eight. So it would be uh, Portland at the eighth. In the ninth would be uh, Memphis, mm-hmm. uh, Phoenix, Spurs, or Spurs, Phoenix. One of those are flipped. But I mean, yeah, who, yeah Phoenix, Spurs. How about Monty Williams, by the way? 8-0 in the bubble? Yeah. Is that crazy what, what they've done and what he's done? He's a great coach. But when they beat Washington, I'm sure people were going, oh, yeah, they're going to they're gonna run the table. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and as I look now, they're, up, they're playing uh, the Mavericks right now. They're up 20. So it, it looks like they're just going to finish the bubble undefeated. I hope it gets them into the play-in. I would like to see a play-in between Suns and uh, Trailblazers. But that, that I don't know. Would be, that would be unbelievable. Um, Booker, Lillard. It, it would, and and you know, you also you have to give Pop credit. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, nobody really thought that the the Spurs were, you know, what were they four and two or five and two? They went, and they've had they've had a ton of injuries. They've battled with. They've been playing a lot of younger guys, and they, yeah, like you said, they just keep on ticking. Well, they have a great system. It, it's it's phenomenal. And pop is pop, and they stay consistent and true. And everybody's willing to 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 make sacrifices. You know, Rudy Gay played mm-hmm. fantastic um, in the bubble. Um, another guy that I coached down in Sacramento. You know, Seth Curry mm-hmm. is. You know, I mean, he, he might be the best three point shooter right now in the NBA. Way he's, he's definitely got a case, right? And uh, he's come a long way. But, you know, I mean, the Mavs are playing today, and I think Porzingis sat out. I think he had a, a sore heel uh, yeah, after the game. Up, yeah. So I think they're resting up some guys. But Luke is pretty cool, huh? Luke is not afraid of nobody. He, he's okay. <laughs> he's all right. Uh, I mean, I got to think. A guy, when you do what he's doing right now at 21, he can't really get any better. Like at 21, you're as good as you get, right? He's not going to be any better at 23 or 25. Yes, yes he will, because he hasn't even got his body there yet. He <laughs> he not he hadn't really been introduced on a consistent basis to the other side of the floor, the defensive mm. side of the floor. And you know, he he's he'll get better. Rick and that coaching staff with the Mavericks are phenomenal, but he kind of has that Larry Bird like you know kind of you know. They just, kind of look at you look, build. like they're not laughing. They're not joking, but they're yeah. like, I know I'm better than you. What are yeah. you going to do? It's like, I mean, you look at how confident he is and you remember that he's really been doing this professionally since he was a teenager. Yeah. So it's like, okay, of course he's this confident. This is nothing new to him. 
He's been doing this all like all over the world. Amazing what confidence can do for somebody, a belief system. Uh, am I going to take that shot or am I going to catch it and hit it? Because, oh, my gosh, you know, all these mind monsters. Uh, I can make it. I can miss it. Right. The team could be mad at me. I could be traded. My girlfriend's going to leave me. Coach is going to get that contract. Uh, yeah. A lot of stuff goes through the mind of, of athletes. And when you have somebody who's just locked down mentally, it's a whole, a whole different story. Mm. Oh, and we, have we mentioned LeBron. Oh, yeah. That episode, we talked LeBron. We've got a question here. We'll get back to LeBron. Tony B wants to know, when is Nancy taking the NBA coaching job? Well, thank you, Tony. Uh, I, you know, you know, I was with uh, the Kings for a couple of years and my mother got sick. And, uh, you know, you get that phone call in the locker room in Denver. And it's like, you need to come home now. And yeah. she, she was in Florida, sacked to Florida. It's tough. And, um, to Vlade Divac and my owner, uh, Vivek Ramadeep, um, I'm very grateful because, you know, you get to that choice, you know, uh, I don't want to even say fame or, you know, uh, money or a prestigious mm -hmm. job. And I knew it was just me and Becky at the time. And I felt the responsibility. But, you know, you know, we say in many cases, you know, faith and family and, and then work. Mm -hmm. And. Look, I had worked my whole life to get a chance to coach in the NBA. And I hope somewhere down the road, maybe um, I'll get another chance. But I, I I have a job and I coach in the big three and I work for Ice Cube. And he suspended this season, you know, for, for the health and safety of the players. And I really appreciate that. And, you know, from the, from the first time he hired me back in 2018, um, he made me the highest paid head coach in the, the big three. I get paid exactly what Gary Payton, Rick Barry, Rick Mahorn, Michael Cooper, Dr. J. My agent at Octagon did not have to even negotiate my salary. This is what they get. This is what this you're making. But that's, I'd, argue, that's I'd argue you should be making more. You might need a new agent. More than those guys. I've, never, I've never heard of any of those guys. What you said, Dr. J? I don't, I don't. It's, um, you know, I just feel, I feel blessed and um, humbled, uh, you know, to have, you know, coach these guys, to, to coach DeMarcus or Rondo or Bellinelli, you know, Seth, uh, a lot of, a lot of these guys in the NBA um, or, you know, Corey McGetty, our MVP, mm -hmm. uh, Katino Mobley, Big Baby Davis, you know, Quentin Richardson, who's a pro's pro, what a stud, and, and you know, Birdman, Chris Anderson, Xavier Silas. To be around such amazing athletes, um, and, and really, you know, Amore Stoudemire was playing, Nate Robinson mm -hmm. was playing, Drew Gooden was playing. There's there's so many. I have the late Andre Emmett um, yep. was playing, and he became one of my closest friends. Um, over those two years. So if I get a chance, if somebody is, you know, gracious enough to uh, think of me, uh, I'm, I'm always open. I love this game. Obviously, um, I'm a little obsessed with it. <laughs> I don't know, if the, but I can, I, can make, I can make a chicken pot pie too. Okay. Do well with it. I can, I, I can cook. I can clean. I can be a housewife. President Nancy. We got another question here from Just Ten Meets World. Who is Nancy's sixth man? Who do you have come? Who's coming off the bench for you? 
who's coming off the bench for me in the tournament right here? Um, I get yeah. Let, let's, let's say for the bubble. I don't. Just ten didn't say. Let's say for the bubble. Well, I mean, right now, I mean, Gary Trent, right, Junior, is playing amazing basketball. Yeah. But I, he's playing really, really well. I don't know. I mean, I even though with the wings, I don't know. I think Lou Williams, and I, I'd love to have dinner with him to see exactly what kind of wings he likes. I don't I'd like love to have dinner with Lou Williams too. I think we should both have. We should both go to Magic City and have I, some I'm dinner with. We're going to do that. I'm going to call Jamal Crawford and say, "Hey, we yeah, all the whole game. Yes. So, but I'm not spicy. Not this a spicy. My personality, my personality, but not like my. Not food. for the food. That's fair. Okay. That's fair. I got something for everybody. Yes. So my sixth guy is is, is Lou Williams. Got to go, Lou. Always a yeah. good choice. Got a question from Shawnee Mack here. Does Luca get MVP before an All Defense? Does Luka get MVP before an all-defensive team? Well, he makes an all-defensive team. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to Vegas with that. Um, Shawnee, we need to throw some money down together on that one. Luka's going to be an MVP one day, absolutely. It might be soon. I was going to say, if you're, if you're looking to put money down, you might need to do it sooner than later because I think he's going to be winning MVPs as soon as, yeah, as soon as next season will be in the contention. Well, you know, the Mavs have not made the playoffs for the last three years. So, you know, you can't win a championship without making the playoffs. So now that they're finally in the playoffs, now Luka has a chance. You know, you get your street cred from playoff time. You don't yep. get street cred during the regular That's season. Where you make your name. I don't know what anybody tells you. What do you do? I, it, you know, hopefully, you know, people had cable so you could see the last dance. Mm-hmm. People made their reputations when it was on the line and hitting those clutch shots. That's why I'm excited, you know, to see uh, Luca play in the playoffs. I want to see Dame get the respect that he deserves because he, he, I mean, he is a flat out sniper. I mean, yeah. his mentality, and I say that with respect. Uh, you know, I really like him. He's a friend of mine, um, and, and I just want to see him have glory. You know, he's got a great coach in, in Terry Stotts who, you know, cut his teeth with uh, Rick Carlisle. Mm. So what do you make of the dust up that uh, Dame and Patrick Beverly and Paul George had the day about those free? Is that just, that's just kind of part of the game? What, what's the player's perspective on that? Oh, did did, did uh, Patrick and you get in a dust up? He gets in a dust up with everybody. Okay. That's kind of just I mean, what Patrick Beverly does. I mean, Paul, Paul George is just a great player, but I have to tell you, I, I like Patrick Beverly. But, you know, I mean, you know, how many years ago was it that Westbrook was, was coming to get the time out and he ran at him and, you know, he hurt his knee? You know, so he tears the meniscus. You know, but you play in, in Russia or overseas for, what was it, 12 years? It, that might be too long. But he was over in Russia. He was on the ground. And, you know, all of a sudden you get to the NBA and you're going to do whatever it takes. And he's he's got that craziness, but it's it's a smart crazy. You want it on your team. You don't want to play against him. You, you want Pat Beverly on your team. You don't want to play against him. You know what? It's the same thing with Dennis Rodman. You hated Dennis Rodman yeah. until Dennis Rodman was your teammate. Yeah, and then you thought he was 
the coolest dude, hey, feel, feel free to wear pink or yellow. It doesn't matter. Just right. play hard and rebound. See, I don't we have any other questions from Bridget backstage? That one from Skin Cat. Will CP3 ever win a championship? It's going to be hard, but I am such a Chris Paul fan, and I just have mad respect uh, for him and what he's done, and a father uh, finding great mentors like Bob Iger, you know, uh, with Disney, the CEO. And, and I really think that there there's a reason that they're in the bubble, you know, um, because of his relationship. I could be wrong. Okay, so I'm opining. So don't tell me on, on you know, Instagram or Twitter. But, you know, when he became a Clipper, you know, he was looking, uh, Chris was looking for a mentor. And Bob Iger was a huge fan. And they connected. And so they got, you know, whatever, 10, 12 years in and. There's this beautiful friendship. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Is that a white person and a black person having a great friendship and mentorship? No, couldn't be. Get out. You're crazy. Yeah, yes. You, you promised you wouldn't discuss that. We went over this. You promised you wouldn't say anything like that. Yeah, but it's just beautiful to see people just just doing what they do, right? And and being great together. And uh, I, I think it's going to be a little late for Chris to, to win a championship, but I'm glad he's in the playoffs. You know, all those years, he never got to the playoffs like mm. Kevin Garnett. And now he's here and he's still playing great. And even if something, but even if something happens, you know, Jake from State Farm's right there to help him. <laughs> I think the thing for Chris Paul is he, he is a little older, but he's outperforming expectations. Like who's to sure. say he can get to the end of this contract and has another one or two years off the bench? Maybe he does get a championship. That like maybe he and LeBron finally do get to link up somewhere. Well, you know what the secret was when you do the body issue for ESPN. <laughs> and I know me and I were like, uh, "Are you come?" Uh, when you do say, the body issue, you and Chris yeah. talk about that. Yes, we did. Um, he was like, "You were sixty? I'm like, "Shut your mouth." <laughs> Stop talking like that. But he looks so good, and he was just ripped, and he's in the best. He's still in the best shape um, that he's been in probably in in many many years in the league. And I, I think that really helped him. You know, his mind is just ridiculous. He's like Einstein out there. So um, I just uh, I just have a lot of respect for. He could have pouted. He could have said, "No, nah, nah, I don't want to go." You know. He went and look what he did. Yeah, seems like he's taking his role seriously. Like right? you see, like buying the younger guys suits, trying to help them become professionals in the league. So it seems, yeah, like you said, he didn't hang his head about it at all. And, and you should be doing that. I remember, you know, uh, every team that Deion Sanders baseball football played, he would take all the young pups and buy them their first suit, and then hopefully somewhere down the road they become, you know, great players, and they would. Do the same thing, pay it, right? Pay it forward to the next generation. It's, it's cool when they do that. Definitely. So, what else we got, Bridget? Oh, Geezer says, "Has Nancy spent time with Becky Hammond?" Yeah, Becky's one of <laughs> Becky's a great friend. Um, you know, I was calling her games for uh, ESPN um, back when she was at Colorado State. 
and her, she was a free agent. Most people don't realize this. She was a free agent um, when she got picked up by the, the New York Liberty. And um, so Becky and I were friends. We joke around all the time. One day I was doing, she kept saying, yeah, I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you. And so I had like two quarters and we were in Madison Square Garden. I was doing the TV and I'm like, here. And she goes, what's that for? I said, call me. <laughs> call me. It's called mentorship and friendship. And she started laughing. And even when she started um, doing TV, I was at a dinner, a Women's Sports Foundation foundation dinner in new york and she came we met we talked about broadcasting um she's phenomenal we we we've been friends forever i mean we've hung out we've vacationed we we took deon sanders yacht in puerto rico years ago oh we had a blast we can't really talk about that but i was gonna uh, say i feel like you can't kind of you can't lead up to the story of stealing deon sanders yacht without telling us more about he did. A, a bunch of us, uh, Dion gave, gave me his yacht <laughs> and we all flew and we had a blast and we had jet skis and we took this little little plane to Vegas, the island of Vegas, uh, which is like you go up, you go down. And I kept saying, this is great. We're going to Las Vegas. And the guy goes, it's Vegas. Not it's quite. Yeah. <laughs> we had so much fun. She is one of the brightest, coolest people, great faith, great friend. And I I hope one day, it, and it will happen sooner than later, she will be a head coach in this league. Definitely. What else we got, Bridget? I don't know everybody now. <laughs> I don't believe you. I think you do know everybody. We got, uh, okay. Projections come. For Sabrina Ionescu's career. Okay, so Sabrina won my uh, Nancy Lehman Point Guard of the Year award for three years, and oh, I was, uh, and I'm like, dude, seriously, you trying to take my award? I say, after three, I think y'all kind of got to split the name now or something. No, I mean Sue Bird won it for the first three years, and I got a little insulted. <laughs> I was like, come on, but um, she and I are very good friends. We stay in touch. Um, you know, I was so sad when she hurt her ankle. She's got a high ankle sprain, and, and I, I really am praying for her a quick recovery. You know, we hit each other up. Like, I just wanted to let her know, you know, I'm thinking about her and, and praying for her. She's she's great for the game. I think one of the games before she got hurt, she had 33 points, right? I mean, I she's a really – She got hurt pretty early. Hobes loved her, and, yeah. you know, obviously – she loved uh, Kobe and uh, Gigi and the family. Definitely. Right. But we just said that was the last viewer question. That will close us out. Yeah, I thought we got until next time. We've got, she doesn't know it yet, but she's going to be future president, Nancy Lee. I don't know. I don't think so. But thank you for being such a, a super cool guy. And Bridget, thank you for for everything that uh, you did to have me on the show. And I, I'm i always honored and I'm always blessed. And I wake up happy, by the way. So it's kind of my thing. It seems to be working well for you. Are you going to it with me? Listen, if you say the word, President Lieberman, I will serve all of my country. If you say the word. I know, but we're going to shake up America. I think that's the point. 
Absolutely. <laughs> I think we should. I love it. I love it. There's work to do without, but we're going to do it. We're going to do it the right way. We're going to do it the right way. So Lieberman Withers 2020. I love it. Uh, thanks. Uh, I know Scott Rochelle is uh, our mm -hmm. president CEO mm -hmm. and the man is lurking somewhere. So hi, Scott. Thanks for everything you do uh, for the retired players association. We're deeply indebted, you know, to, to, the partnership with the PA and the, the NBA and we have to work together to do things. So Definitely. it's a powerful team. Definitely. We're happy to have you a part of it here in legends live. We'll catch you new episodes live every Thursday, 5 PM Eastern standard time. That will be on the at NBA alumni, the Twitter page, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Next week we'll have an NBA legend. We'll go back to a WNBA legend and so on. And our viewers can always catch replays of any episode at legendsofbasketball.com slash legendslive. The link is shown on the screen there. That's legendsofbasketball.com slash legendslive. For Bridget, for Nancy Lieberman, for myself, we will see you all next Thursday at 5.